Good morning. It is a joy to be with you this morning. My name is Laurent Banda, and I'm with Chantal, my wife. And you all know that we come from uh, the most beautiful country, cleanest country, roaring hills, a land of a thousand hills, the country of Rwanda. It is a joy to bring you greetings from our church members, from the Anglican Church of Rwanda, and from the country of Rwanda, many of you have visited and bring you greetings from your friends. The Lord has been good to us. Even during this difficult time of the COVID-19, we have seen his hands. We have seen his presence. We have seen when we thought that nothing could be done, actually starting a Christian college that was received its accreditation last November. And this March 15, we opened the doors, and today, as I speak, we have 218 students in the theological department, undergraduate and postgraduate students that have joined us. In May, we will be actually starting a child development department with 137 students. In September, it is our prayer that we will be able to start a nursing and midwifery department and we pray that you will join us to pray for that goal and that desire, that wish of the church and all of us. And I actually invite you to participate in any way you can. Prayers, financial support. You can even support students at the Christian college. We used to send the students to Uganda for $4,000 a student. If they went alone, if they went with the family, it was much more. We will be able to train our students for $1,000 full board a year and 500 half board a year. So join us. Encourage us. If the Lord leads you, you are welcome to do whatever God will tell you to do. Let us pray. Our gracious Father, you are amazing to us. Even in times when we think that nothing can be done, we have seen your hand, we have seen your provisions, we have seen you using your people. We pray that you will continue to do so and that you will continue to minister to us through your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, the challenge when you come to Western countries, especially to America, is that you have to look at your watch. <laughs> and that is a, a very difficult thing for many of us. We go with, with the event. We go with what is happening. We sing. We dance. We preach. And then you finish preaching. Someone else comes. And rather than doing an altar call, he repeats your sermon or he preaches another sermon. But we have seen that in the cities of our countries, we are becoming more and more like you. So I will try. 
My message this morning is entitled Love for Jesus, a key or a key qualification for ministry. Love for Jesus, key qualification for ministry. This key qualification should be characterized with humility, with dependence on God, and with obedience. In the scripture that was read for us from the Gospel of John, you can almost hear a conversation going on in the context and in the background. You can hear the disciples saying, at least one of them, Peter, saying, I'm going back. I'm going to fish. You can hear others around saying, yes, I'm going with you. You are not leaving me behind. We are going together. You can almost hear them share their disappointment that they have been trying to fish overnight and they didn't catch anything. And that must have been very disappointing after they thought that they were going back to the old career of fishing and these were experienced fishermen who knew what they were doing. You can also hear in the background someone calling them. And this was Jesus. And as he called them, he also gave them some little instructions, directions, advice of what to do. And when they listened and obeyed, they actually succeeded. A miraculous catch of so many fish. Obedience is important. When Jesus speaks to us, when Jesus comes our way, you can almost see one looking and seeing and he said, it is Jesus. In my own life, and probably in yours, when we are disappointed, when we are discouraged, when things are not going well, or even when things are going well, when Jesus appears, when God shows up, when he comes and intervenes, you cannot miss it. I remember a time when Shantar and I were at Trinity and we had been there for almost three months and we had no money to register for the next quarter. And so the easy way was to actually uh, say, what do we do? Do we go back to Africa? Do we go to Arizona where we had had friends? What do we do? Where do we go? And I remember walking to the mail room. The mail room was far nearby the road across to the gates where the security guards would sit on behind uh, the, the, the bookstore. I don't know if that is where it still is. And I walked there. And as I walked in the mail room, someone said, Hey, Banda, we have a mail for you here. And I got this uh, envelope. And I looked at it. 
and I opened it. It was some good news for us. But still not enough to actually make us continue with school. That evening we went home. We were staying with a, in a family, a lady who had opened her home for us. And when we were there that evening, someone called us. And he said, are you seated? I said, why? He said, is Chantal nearby? I said, yes. He said, you both sit and I tell you some news. Someone had given $20,000 for our tuition for us to continue with school. And we looked at each other and we shouted. Hmm. And the lady who was, had given us a place to say was wondering what was happening. And she came down and she said, what? And we said, praise the Lord. It's only God who can do this. Mm-hmm. When he shows up in your life, whether you are in the boat fishing, <laughs> whether you are in the midst of whatever you may be in, you cannot miss him. You cannot miss God. But give and shout credit to him for his appearance, for his intervention. And so let me say, Amanda, and to all of us, that when we are down and we pray in obedience, it may be not at that particular moment, but he promises that he will be with us. He promises that he will provide. Whenever that time comes and he intervenes, you won't miss it. You will only say, it is God. It's only God who can do this. But while they shouted and they said, it is Jesus, he also looked at them. I think he might have opened his arm and said, come, let us have breakfast at the lake that morning. An invitation from Jesus. Now, let me tell you, you have to be prepared when Jesus invites you to a table. You have to be prepared for a Q&A, question and answers. You have to, re- you have to reflect. Come and have breakfast. So when Jesus invites us to come to him, we have to be careful. We have to be prepared. For the disciples, and more specifically for Peter, it was a series of questions. Now, I say a series of questions, but they really were three questions that he was asking. And they are known as this question, do you love me? And we all know the answer that Peter gave. Basically, he said, yes. And another question came, do you love me more than these? And he said, you know I love you. I think Jesus was pushing for the highest love he could get from this Peter. The agape love. Mm-hmm. And so after he passed the interview, an interview actually that had a clear job description, 
with three key main functions in the summary of the job description. He said to him, feed my land. The second time he said, take care of my sheep. And the third time he said, feed my sheep. Now, I don't know about you, but when you hear the word lamb, you feel these little, mm. these little babies. <laughs> and it is amazing that he's saying, yeah, start with the little ones. And we know that in Scripture, when God talks, and the Scripture talks about the sheep, it's a reference to people. And so he says, Take care of the young ones, of the small ones, of the most vulnerable. The Rwandan culture is a pastoral culture. It's a culture that loves cows. And the cows are the most beautiful thing in Rwanda, traditionally. I won't say the details <laughs> of that because some of you will laugh. Cows are beautiful. Mm. Cows are cherishable in our tradition and in our culture. And we have a saying that if you really want to be cowless, in other words, all your cows are gone, said forget to take care of the small ones. Mm-hmm. But they say if you really want to have a herd of cows, then has anybody greeted you or, or Melissa in the Kinyarwanda and hugged you and said, Amasho, Amasho is a greeting that meant have hundreds of thousands of cows. And so if you want to have hundreds of cows, if you want to have Amasho, <laughs> you take care of the cows, the small cows. That's where your growth comes from. Unless if you have the money to go every time you want to grow the herd to go and buy a cow and bring it in. Children, young ones, they are not the church of tomorrow. They are the church of today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this, Jesus is saying, feed my land. So in your ministry, in whatever God calls you to do, pay attention to the lambs, the small ones. And then the second key function in the summary of job description he gives, he says, take care of my sheep. I think that taking care really encompasses a lot. There is an organization, there is management, there is stewardship, there is, there is paying attention to the details of those ships. Now be careful. Sometimes ships can be dangerous. They don't have horn like cows. Cows, cows can, uh, if they are not happy with you, they can just, you know, mm-hmm. hit you. But even ships, they can. Yeah, those bad words that they can say that are discouraging to you is a horn. But not this congregation. 
they will be the most encouraging, the most embracing. If you are not even thinking about it, think about it now. I actually love cows. <laughs> Susan will agree with me that they have emotional intelligence. <laughs> because when you call them and sing to them, they come to you. When you extend a hand, mm. they actually can leak on your hand. When you say go, they can go. When you say come, they can come. And in Rwanda, we sing for cows. We dance for cows. In fact, we have a dance that we say is like a cow dance. I don't know if the sheep do the same. But that tells me that these animals, when they are loved, when they are cared for, they also have a responsibility. It is a relationship. A bond can be developed. And that relationship and that responsibility is one of coming to you when you call them. Jesus says that his sheep hears his voice and they listen. And when they listen, they also follow him. We are people of God. We listen. We not only listen to the preaching and to the teaching, we also listen to the needs of those who preach to us and who teach us, of those in the congregation, of those in the neighborhood. And we pay attention. So he says, take care of my sheep. Amanda, that is part of your job description mm -hmm. of taking care of God's sheep, of God's people, of feeding them. Now I tried to look, well, how do you care for the sheep? You know, um, I visited Australia and, and New Zealand and, and um, I was trying to read a little bit to that, but I think sheep also needs sanitary. They need housing. They need good quality pasture. They need good nutritious food in order to grow and be healthy. They need fresh water to drink. They need basic maintenance. And that's similar to cows, actually, even though I didn't uh, look after sheep, but I looked after cows. And anybody who is looking after the animals that he loves, he cares for them, he protects them, he guides them, he takes them to places where they can, where they can eat and be healthy. Jesus commissioned Peter. Right at the lake, at the sea, after breakfast, I think Jesus commissions each one of us from where we are. That's why Jay was telling these young people, this is yours also. We are called to serve. And pastors are called to provide for the needs of the congregation. 
We are called to care and to tender to God's people. The Gospel of John 10, 11 and 10, 14 says, Jesus states, I am the good shepherd. And I think it's because when you are a hired shepherd, you don't, you really don't care. You, you just feed and then go and, and, and you, you can't die for those sheep or for those cows. And you have to watch for the Maasai or you have to watch for the Rwandan where they are watching for their cows. They have to have a stick and, and a spear for anything that will come. They don't want their animals to be in danger at all. And in Psalm 23:1, the Lord is my shepherd. I remember that Psalm. When we were kids and we were going to fetch water in the valleys and, and you would recite that psalm, that, that psalm, believing that the evil spirits cannot touch you at all. Mm-hmm. A good shepherd, a good pastor, protects his people, guides his people, nurtures his people, will fight for them. I heard once, a pastor who was really fed up with the congregation that he was in. I won't name names. And then he said, this denomination, I'm ready to quit. I'm ready to call it a day. I'm ready to go. But every time he thought about it and thought that he was going to resign, he would turn around and look at his congregation. But I cannot leave my people. I cannot leave my congregation. So he stayed, he endured because of the people that God had trusted to, to him to care for. That's the love. He put his congregation before his own needs and frustrations. Since we are people of, 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 of God, I pray that we who are pastoring, we who are ministry, that we will take good care of those that God has trusted to us by providing them good food from the scripture, that they may grow, that they may go out and witness the love of God and tell the good news of Jesus Christ. The shepherd is to know his sheep and relate it to them. The sheep are to know their shepherd and follow him or her. As we look to this particular lesson, I think there are some principles that we can draw from and learn from. Christ, through the Holy Spirit, is an interviewer to each one of us. That's why we often hear him nudging in that small voice. 
And so this should encourage us to examine our lives, to examine ourselves, and see where do I stand with God, with Jesus. In, in, my, in my part as a believer, as a person in the congregation, as a church member, what does God want of me? Peter passed the interview. And as a result, he got his job with a clear job description. Love keeps us in Christ's company. It also keeps us in the business of feeding the sheep, of witnessing for him, of reaching out into the community. Love keeps us in Christ's company. Feeding the sheep is proof of love that we have for God and our response to his calling. Love of Christ kinders love for the souls. Loving Christ makes us want to do something for him. And I wonder what that is for you. For Amanda is to serve him. What is it for you? It may be also to serve him. It may be also to serve others. It may be to participate and to be part of the vision of the church that the God has put into you. As I conclude, I want to remind you of the words. For Amanda, she had said, here I am, send me. And the Philippians, I want to conclude with these words that we read in the Philippians. And there are four things that I want to highlight for you. Philippians 4, verse 4 to 9, we are encouraged by Paul to be joyful. It is a joyful day today as we celebrate the ordination of Amanda and the blessing that God pours upon her family and upon this congregation as a whole. Be joyful. The second thing he says, he says, be gentle to all. Mm-hmm. Let me encourage you to be gentle to Amanda as she starts this huge responsibility, but also encourage her to be gentle to you. Mm-hmm. It's mutual. Mm-hmm. Be prayerful. Pray for Amanda and her family. Pray for the church. Pray for Jay. These are now two people that are priests that are going to serve. I don't know what that will look like. Do you know how it will look like? Mm. Maybe not. But God knows. Mm -hmm. And he will work it out. And it will be powerful. And you will be blessed as a congregation. You have already been blessed. And then lastly, be thoughtful. Mm. Be thoughtful. And the Lord will bless you with your new priest in her ministry. May I encourage you to offer support. May I encourage you to offer prayer. May I encourage you to be gentle. May I encourage you to be thoughtful. May I encourage you to meet Jesus. Listen to him. And expect that sending off that commissioning 
For you it may not be to be the priest. Amen. It may be to live the Christian life that you have to live in order to dismissify. Sometimes sometime people want to see you in action. We were walking at the hotel this morning. A man walks to us and you could see that he was in pain. And he looks at me and he said, will you pray for me and for my family? My father, Paul, died yesterday. And so when you get to church, pray for my father. Mm. And so I said, can we pray for you now? And he said, yes. And we prayed, and as we opened our eyes, I could see him going like this, and almost immediately rushing and going, but with a thank you. If you remember, pray for this man. I didn't ask him his name, but his father is Paul. Pray for Paul's family and his son. May the Lord bless you as you minister with Amanda and as she ministers to you and as you see God work wonders among you and in this congregation. Let us pray. Gracious Father, my only prayer is that you will be here with us as you promised and that you will continue with us as you have promised. I pray that you will watch over Amanda and her family as you said that you will watch us going and watch us coming back. I pray that you will use her for your glory and pray that this congregation will come alongside and be supportive and be encouraging. Thank you for the ministry that this church has done. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. As I conclude, I need to say this. I said the ministry of this church has done. I don't know how much you realize what you have done. In Rwanda, where we are, we have seen this church, Church of the Redeemer. We have seen this church at St. Michael, at Sunrise, up north. We have seen this church at uh, St. Etienne, in the Kigali Diocese. We have seen this church at the Gasabo Diocese. You have made an impact that you will never know how big it is. I often wonder how many people has Daniel and Melissa touched in their ministry, or Ethan, or those of you who have come to Rwanda and other places for a small church. Not a big diocese. No. Not a mega church. No. But a small church. I don't even know if you are small. You are too big for, <laughs> for what you have done. It just, it just makes you too big of a church. And the impact, the dent that you have made May the Lord bless you for that. May he continue to use you in this community and beyond. Amen. God bless you.